Okay, guys, I'm I'm a little nervous, but I have an announcement to make. Uh, yeah. Okay, brace yourselves. Um, well, well, I mean, we're we're here for you. Yeah. Um. Okay how how does one twenty seven year old male say this? I love iCarly. <laughs> I have become obsessed with iCarly now. I am currently going through all of iCarly. I've seen all of the first season, and tomorrow I'm starting on the second season. Um, I I really love iCarly now, and all, all ugh, the characters are so beautiful. It is such a well written show. I, I I'm not being facetious at all. I love this show. It it is it 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 gets to the core of my being. Uh, Sam Puckett is my waifu. Okay, she is great. Um, can I? Can you give me a moment to con- confer with David in private? Uh, okay, I'm just going to go visit iCarly.com while okay, you do that. Do that. Okay. Is there any? I is there any way I could send the support I just gave him? Um, like politely. I, I'm sure there is. Uh, you're gonna have to look it up in the Internet Dictionary or the like the Internet Etiquette Forum. And uh, no, Et- no, there isn't. Etiquette. I'm looking Etiquette? at it right now because it doesn't exist. That's the problem. So listen, oh, listen, just to, look, 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 look. People, people, people like weird things. This isn't the worst thing he's been into. Hey guys, Wait, uh, no. uh, I just, actually, uh, guys, real, real I, quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah. Who, who's your favorite character on iCarly? Hold on. Uh, I just looked up how to handle this in the Internet Etiquette Handbook. Okay. Okay. What do you got? Brandon? Uh, yeah. Uh, you're gay and the things you like are gay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Undercooked Analysis. Welcome to Undercooked Interventions, where uh, we try to understand the depths of dead palates and sanity. Um, I'm your host, David King. Uh, and these other two guys, they're also hosts. Uh, there, that's the introduction. That's their introduction. Uh, actually, we're changing the name of the show again. It's iCook.com. <laughs> Under Carly Analysis. Under Carly Analysis, yes. Uh, that's, that's, I, I, no, that's not safe for work. <laughs> She's how old? Yeah, that, that was my trepidation. And making the waifu Sam Puckett joke is, <laughs> oh, God, people are going to misconstrue this. Uh, and it's like, no, that's just the smile I want to pledge to protect. Aww, there you go. Uh, but I'm I'm actually being 100% serious. I've been watching iCarly and loving it. That's... I saw that I saw that um, there was an MMA fighter in an episode of iCarly, and I'm like, I'm gonna check this out. And I watched the whole episode because I couldn't find the clip, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, this show is actually funny, and I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I've you know. It's not the first time I've heard uh, someone say that no, no, no. It's actually there's there's actually substance to it. Um, I think uh, is is there aren't there some like subtle innuendos thrown in the show every so often? Oh, it's pretty lewd. The show is actually really lewd for a teen Nick show. Really? Okay, let's end this ridiculous discussion and let's get to what really matters. If if we added slime beast. Which golden girls are we? Can I be B. Arthur? I kind of feel like Slimy might be B. Arthur. 
he's, yeah. He's either he's either Dor- Dorothy or Sophia. Okay. I'll go with Dorothy for Slime Beast. Um. Why are we doing yeah. this? We have a story to read. <laughs> no. People I don't mean, come here to hear us read stories. Yes, they do. <laughs> that is such a Blanche <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, I think, hold on. We're really going, okay, I, I'm trying to rein this in, uh, because, you know, after that debacle with, uh, Short and Shivery, where the intro went on for, like, 20 minutes, I think, uh, it's only fair that I, 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 I throw caution to the wind a little bit and decide, guys, maybe they like a little bit of banter at the beginning, but then, you know, actually like a story every so often. But, you know, what do I know? I just put this amazing show together that everybody loves. Yeah, they they come here and they hear twenty minutes of banter, and then they're just like, they start hearing a story and they keep listening because they're expecting more bullshit. Can't argue with that. So um, maybe maybe we're getting a little too out there in the weeds. Maybe we're getting a little too dirty, and maybe we need a shower. Um, can we watch? Can we watch iCarly first? Though this is very sudden. Oh, neither of you are taking the fucking segue. <laughs> I just Even figure, though everyone I just can see getting, the title of the episode. I just figure, like, before we go that far with our, you know, our relationship, we should at least, you know, bond over something, something smaller. But yeah, okay, fine. Let's hit the showers. Well, uh... Smacks on the ass all around. Time to hit the showers. Don't drop the good soap. Game. Good, good, good game. <laughs> <laughs> so... Easy game. Easy life. So we are going to go ahead and start right into a creepypasta I have not heard of until today. No Called joke. The Showers. The show, the, the shower and... It's and the it's, sequel to The Growers. Mm-hmm. Should we say who this is credited to first off, though? Because normally we wait till the end, but this is a yeah, long let's wait, story. Let's, let's wait till the end because that's how creepypastas are told. Is because we're supposed to believe that this is a real account not written by a uh, author but by a narrator do real and accounts so, have a part one at the beginning though they have an update so oh. which is kind of weird that they're saying part because this is part one and there's a part two that's going to be another episode that'll come out the subsequent week to this one mm-hmm. but um yeah let's, let's just get into it and save the author till the end sure no this is just depends on how long the parts are we'll see how much we can get done um okay all right, you wanna you wanna start us off? Yeah. We'll do you, then Alan, then me. Okay. Let's see if I can not Mister Illiterate this first paragraph. <laughs> Every area in the all parts of the world has those specific area urban legends that just refuse to die. Whether the stories are about a haunted asylum on the outskirts of the city, a creature that lives in the nearby woods or a ghost that haunts in a lonely stretch of road of town. There is always a common thread within these tales. No one has ever been to these places, seen these creatures, or witnessed any hauntings with their own eyes. Uh, I beg to differ. Yeah. At least in the cases of no one has ever been to these places. I'm like, excuse me, everybody wants to go to the haunted asylum, especially if they know it's a haunted asylum. If, if not... For the sake of trying to find the ghost, and at least because old asylums are cool. 
Yeah, nobody right. has nobody has witnessed hauntings with their own eyes. Whether they have or not, people claim to have mm-hmm. witnessed hauntings and claim to have witnessed creatures. I don't know where they're getting this. Yeah, that's... Mm. I give up. Okay, let's move to freshness <laughs> ratings. So this... <laughs> yeah, this right off the bat doesn't make it a bad story. It's no. just a really poorly thought out first paragraph. Yeah, it's a little clunky, but... I just, you know, I like to, I like to do the thing where every so often we just stop and yeah. pause and wait for that first, just see how it's, that first paragraph we feel about it. So it's, it's, it's really strange the idea of like you notice that common thing in ghost stories where like no one ever actually goes to the place. That's not how ghost stories work at all. <laughs> <laughs> Typically, it is implied by the ghost story that. Someone saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Someone has to see it for the legends to be true, at least to some people, right? I mean, come on. You got to claim to have seen it. And I think that's what we're talking about here is claims. Yep. Well, I mean, Aaron Carter claimed he beat Shaq, and now no one can disprove that per se. But has anyone seen Aaron Carter since he claimed that? Ooh, Aaron Carter next cryptid. I follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Are you, do you follow him and just stalk him daily to find out if one day he will admit to that it was all a lie? There's no way he could ever beat the godlike well, entity that is Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, so I set up that GoFundMe. Uh, <laughs> that was a GoFundMe to book a personal appearance for Shaq so I could beat him in Shaq Fu. <laughs> but I made part of the GoFundMe... Like, I broke down the budget, and it was like $50,000 for an appearance by Shaq. And I also added $5,000 to get Aaron Carter to the event to perform <laughs> That's How I Beat Shaq when I beat him. <clears throat> hey, uh, do you... So I, follow, I followed Aaron Carter on Twitter after this, <laughs> and he instantly messaged me that I should check out his new music video. Oh, oh no. And oh. I watched it, and did... And, I'm not going to review it. All I'm going to say is the first thought I had was, I bet I could get away offering him $3,000. Anyway. Who's on next? That's me. No, it's who's on first. That's how the joke goes. God damn it, David. (laughs) Okay, David, you go next. No, I said it was Alan. There are members... Alan's one second. <laughs> ah! This is a long story, you guys. Go, <laughs> uh, Alan. There are members of every generation who will proclaim that they know someone whose brother's best friend's sister went to that haunted house with 13 floors that used real blood and snakes and spiders and is so scary that no one has ever made it all the way through. No end No end house. <laughs> 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 holy shit sorry keep going that was awesome those same people will swear by these stories without ever being able to provide a shred of evidence or a name of someone who could provide proof of the claims simply because everyone around here knows that it's a true story the storytellers eventually pass the tales on to their children who modify them just enough to keep up with changing times and the cycle continues okay okay Still, still, this is a longer story, but still, this hasn't said much, very, very much yet. No, yeah. uh, it hasn't said that anyone was addicted to heroin yet, though. So I'm okay. Yeah. 
Um, I'm as skeptical as anyone when it comes to these stories. Seeing as I was like a junkie when I was younger. Oh, fuck. What was oh, that, David? A story junkie. Never mind. Hopefully that's what he means. Mm -mm. Uh, I'm going to have to start that one over. I, was, I felt like I was like, about to eat my words about no one being addicted to heroin. <laughs> I'm as skeptical as anyone when it comes to these stories, seeing as I was like a junkie when I was younger, constantly searching for more terrifying stories when, about whatever area of this country I was living in at the time. Okay, thank God. I made up, a spread, I made up and spread stories about haunted pizza parlors in New York, my cousin's encounter with the Jersey Devil, or how my grandfather encountered a feral human-like demon creature in the woods of Colorado. I even broke the one rule with these stories by putting myself in them. This took guts, in hindsight, because I had to make sure that I always told them the same way. Surprisingly, no one ever called my breath. My bluff. My bluff. No one ever called my bluff. Yeah, I think that this, again, isn't telling us a whole lot, but I do like that it's adhering to the rule of threes. That's true. Of, like, these three examples. Mm -hmm. That's and, a little detail least... that I like. At least now we're starting to get a sense of who our narrator is. Yeah, already kind of saying that they're full of shit. So <laughs> questioning their credibility. Yeah. It, it would be like me coming out and saying, me, Brandon Patrick, not Dead Palette, experienced this ghost. And it'd be like, okay, well, you're full of shit, guy. <laughs> You've lied to us so many times. It's like, it's like no, this, is this a guy, really happened, guy. This is a guy who starts a lot of stories with, so no shit, there I was. <laughs> um, Brandon, if you ever really genuinely see a ghost, though, you'll tell us, right? No one would believe me. I mean, I would want to. We could start an undercooked uh, ghost hunting group and actually do a cheap knockoff ghost hunting show, but only in podcast form. So we could go out with the expensive cameras and everything, but people will only hear the audio. <laughs> Is there a ghost oh. in here? Yes! Oh, fuck! <laughs> Whoa! Hey there, ghost. And then the ghost just comes out, and it's like, you're a sexy lady with E-cup breast, aren't you? The ghost is nodding yes. <laughs> the ghost is now unzipping my pants. <laughs> I like to think that I have some wonderful contributions to various urban legends around the Midwest and northeastern states. I moved around a lot. There are always a surge of joy. There's always a surge of joy whenever I would wander into the halls at school and hear one of my classmates retelling my stories to uh, another one of their friends, adding little bits here and there like a massive game of telephone. I knew, of course, that the stories were complete fiction, but I stood my ground whenever someone asked me about them. I would even mess it, uh, manage to act a little bit speaking with a shaky voice or looking scared when I would recount a situation that supposedly uh, that I ex supposedly experienced myself. So, I mean, I know nothing about this story, but this seems like a, a lot of obvious boy who cried wolf buildup going on. Mm -hmm. This is the, let me just say, I'm, I'm full of shit, but no, you guys, this really happened to me. This really fucking happened. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> okay. You could, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly what happens. I just remember kind of getting bored, but I will say, uh, if I was writing the story from here on out, they're like, you got to finish this story. I would be like, 
it turns out that one of my stories became real through me telling it. Mm. And that's kind of where I expected this to go. Okay. That would be my take. All right. Okay. I suppose this aspect of my childhood has led to my current predicament, which I will recount in full for the Internet to take from it what they will. I've laid this little introduction out as sort of a disclaimer, aimed particularly at those who will call my story into question. I have been like the boy... Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He knows. He knows everything we're about to say. This has been pretty. This has been pretty spot on predicting us for. Okay. Either we know the genre and we know it well enough that we can predict everything our narrator is about to say, or our narrator is actually one step ahead of us, is listening to this episode in the future, and somehow sending this story back to the past. I have been like the boy who cried wolf for years, but I assure you with every ounce of honesty and integrity that I have that this time. The wolf is real. The wolf of Wall Street. The wolf toy from BadDragon.com. Stop it, son. You're doing me a frighten. <laughs> from my introduction, it is probably apparent that I moved around the country quite a bit in my middle and high school years. Neither of my parents had anything to do with any branch of the armed forces. They simply didn't tend to hang around any given place for too long. I suppose it had some effect on me, but it, but I wasn't hurt by it or anything of the sort. Growing up, I was a complete ham. I made friends very easily, was often the class clown, and because of that, was often disliked by my teachers. Again, this was never an issue, as I was usually in another state by the time the next semester rolled around. I like how people always exaggerate how much they move around. It's like, mm-hmm. I was I was moving around four times a year. It's like... Why can't you just like move around once every few years? I, like, I uh, that... my my dad was in the navy, and uh, there were situations where I was young. It only happened twice, but I did two. There were two years where we moved twice. So, okay. yeah. This guy's not even a part of the. Doesn't even have parents in the armed forces. Um, <laughs> but uh, real quick, back to the whole. Uh, boy who cried wolf thing like saying that is just like the simplest lampshading you could possibly do Mm-hmm. yeah but anyway um, my friendships were often fleeting as I was a massive asshole as there as there were as were any positive relationships that ever had that I ever had with my teachers because of the uh, following events my memory of one teacher in particular is probably slightly skewed, uh, but I will attempt to give the least biased version our friendship of our friendship that I can. Hmm. Mr. Mays was one of my social studies teachers in the early years of my high school experience. Hi, Billy Mays he, here. Why are you laughing? I was about to say exactly what he just said. Why are you laughing? Alan, Alan is my, my spirit brother today, tonight, you guys. Okay, so whenever Mr. Mays talks, we know how we have to voice him. Sure. <laughs> Being older now and addicted to heroin, I can understand how horrible children are to deal with around that age. And I respect him to no ends for the way that he was able to connect with his students. He seemed like one of us. He talked like us. 
made pop culture references that were current, tried to sell us cleaning supplies, listened to <laughs> cool music. <laughs> and sometimes he would even say hell or damn or oxyclean while he was giving a passionate lecture about Native American history or something like that. You know, they weren't on the ball. Are you on the ball? Get on the ball. <laughs> That's the second time we've referenced that in this show. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite. A teacher that swore, even a little bit, was the epitome of cool to a freshman in high school. Yeah. What's up, fellow youths? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I had to get over this thing for a while, because... Um, I was either unemployed or working in a place where I didn't have to deal with customers for a very long time. So once I started working at the grocery store I worked at for a while, uh, I had to relearn that hell, damn, and bitch were swear words. (laughs) (laughs) It's true, but I mean, I get it. Uh, It's it's weird. I just instinctively don't curse around children, so it's never been a problem for me. Yeah, same. Well, we have a very strict no swearing law at the studio where I work. So, you have to be careful. Because I remember experiences where, like, my, uh, uh, where, like, someone would just casually, one of the other instructors would casually use shut up in a sentence, and some of the, one of the kids would be like, oh, you said a bad word. And I was like, oh, right, these are some sheltered kids. No, they need to be here. My memories of Mr. Mays mostly stem from the way that he really got into something that he was doing. (laughs) Yeah, it's sad that Mr. Mays has passed on now. I know. The instance that is still very vivid in my mind was, of course, around Halloween of my sophomore year. Oh, this is a Halloween story, potentially. Mr. Mays had the typical teacher decorations around the classroom. Smiling jack-o'-lanterns and black cat cartoons, typical and boring in the minds of egotistic high school students. However... On the 31st of October, when most of the teachers are rolling their eyes at the fact that the teenagers still dressing up in costumes on Halloween, on Halloween seriously, Mr. Mays took the whole cool teacher thing to a new level. He brought us all beer. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mays, why does this taste like cleaning supplies? Shut up! Just whirl with it! Like you're on the ball! <laughs> The, he, bring, he brings them all wine, and then a girl spills wine on her blouse. It's like, oh, this will never come out. No! <laughs> <laughs> this will never come out. And he was so happy. <laughs> Hold the fucking phone! You're not going to believe what <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Watch this. Whoosh! Now I'm thinking of the uh, creative control guy from um, Crybaby Lane as Billy Mays. Oh, God. Like, we need to continue with this pro-fucking-duction and get on the ball. Uh, Eric Lauer <laughs> is played by Billy Mays and the dramatic mm-hmm. Midnight Marinara funded, the dramatic <laughs> undercooked analysis funded version of the Crybaby Lane creepypasta. We'll make it happen. We'll resurrect Billy Mays. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. We walked into the classroom and were surprised to find the blinds drawn, sheets over the smaller windows, candle uh, candles lighting the room, and a single frowning jack-o'-lantern, jack, jack-o'-lantern, jack-o'-lantern <laughs> sitting on the stool in front of the desks. 
Mr. May sat at his desk, just watching the students come into his class and take their seats. He didn't have, uh, didn't have to ask anyone to be quiet, because the moment everyone walked into the room, they were too excited to care about petty conversation or too confused to bother with them in proper period. Uh, the students <laughs> took their seats as Mr. Mays began his lecture. He spoke quietly to set the mood and took a seat on a chair right behind the jack-o'-lantern in the center of the room. That's actually kind of that's actually pretty cool already. I like that. If uh, a teacher did that, like in any class I took, I would have been like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, I feel like th- this is a criticism you guys had of me on Bishop Shelby, which is, man, cut out that beginning because a lot of it was pointless. Just get to this part because mm-hmm. something's yeah. happening here. Is that how it's pronounced, by the way, Bishop Bishop Shelby? Shelby. I heard Did Shelby. I say Shelby. Yeah. Wait. Are you from Shelbyville? Are you one of those Shelby villains? Let me see. No, Bishop Selby, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Story I wrote, I should know. Just, make, By the no, way, just I like, making I, sure, because, you know, we can't have any Shelbyville people in here or their attractive yeah. cousins. Um, it, yeah, I, I enjoyed that uh, video, by the way, the Undercooked Analysis I'm, podcast I'm, of that. I'm glad you did. And I want to say, for the record, that uh, I know, like, I, I pinned the comments you made at the top of the of the YouTube version because I thought, hey, you know what? People people should take a look at this because here's anyway, I'm rambling, never mind. No, I think that is important though, because that is what we do here, is we analyze stories to make people get better at them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I want people to be clear that we practice what we preach. Oh, Even yeah. if we don't write stories that are in line with what we preach, we take the criticism the same way that we preach it. Most F. <laughs> Anyway, except me, I'm perfect. Anyway, <clears throat> Billy Mays here, and today is probably my favorite day of the year, class. He said in a monotonous voice. <laughs> totally monotonous. Monotonous for Billy Mays. Halloween is my favorite holiday, and I want to share with you exactly why I love it so much. <laughs> Mighty Putty. <laughs> <laughs> One girl raised her hand with a concerned look on her face. I'm pushing the due date for your papers to next Tuesday, said Mr. Mays, without bothering to look at the girl, who slowly put her hand down. Looking around at the other students with a hint of embarrassment. The class erupted in quiet cheers. Yay. Yay. (laughs) And there was much rejoicing. Mm. Yay. And Mr. Mays waited for the inevitable silence. He began his story immediately after the class had calmed down. I know what you're thinking. What about the rinse cycle? Watch this. (laughs) Again, I I, I really like what this paragraph is doing. It's got a lot of interesting visuals. We're setting the scene really well. Like, everyone is looking at that girl like, he knew what you were going to say. Yep. I, I like this. I, I I'm 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 getting into it now, you guys. I'm starting to get a feel for it. It's like one girl raised her hand with a concerned look on her face. Yes, the Ding King will bring that out in one sitting. It's... <laughs> the girl lowered her hand with mild embarrassment. <laughs> I will attempt. And before and before you ask, the samurai shark will sharpen that knife. <laughs> <laughs> 
I will attempt to recreate the amazing story that Mr. Mays told the class that day. The way in which he told the story rendered the horror junkies speechless and the rest of the class terrified. The same girl that had raised her hand to ask about the paper was holding her knees to, the che to her chest by the end of it, a look of terror on her face. It's so easy! Even your kids can do laundry! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they won't, but... We are not going to let this one go, you guys. I'm sorry for anyone <laughs> listening to this. This is too good. Uh, yeah, th I, how many whore junkies would you have in your typical high school classroom? It depends on when this was written. Like, I mean... The, the two edgelord kids from 1999 are sitting in the back of the classroom. And one of them's about to, like... One of them is, like, hugging are his you talking, butterfly knife. Are you knife. talking so about scared. the coal mine killers? <laughs> I mean, in my in my high school, it was just one other dude in my Spanish class that I traded Fangoria magazines with. <laughs> uh, uh, you get you get to start us off on the uh, on the on the uh, the amazing story. Apparently, uh, the important thing to know is that what the story was about. The specifics slip my mind now and are too uh, aren't too relevant. I'll try to recount the parts of the story that matter the most, but don't hold me to it. Basically, Mr. Mays and his uh, friends set out on a road trip around the country after graduating from college. They took a truck, loaded it with camping gear, and set out to sightsee for the entire summer. The group went from uh, Pinocos and uh, Poconos. The, the Poconos. The Pocon oh, the Poconos. In New Jersey, down to the coast of Florida, New Orleans to Cal uh, California, up to Washington. From there, they went to the Rocky Mountains in Colorado and then back home to New York. This concept of freedom to travel anywhere had the entire class hooked in an instant. Mr. Mays was the coolest teacher ever in my eyes. Now, what I think is kind of strange about this is that uh, they're saying, I don't remember specifics, but they're not too important. But to the genre, it is extremely important, these, like, minute little details. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's very See, what true. I don't get is we went from New Jersey to Florida, yeah, New Orleans, yeah, California, yeah, and Washington. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh... Anyway. Okay. <laughs> Alan, have you ever been to Washington? Uh, yes. Okay, cool. I have too. So, oh, all right then. Was, <laughs> Both of you have nothing to say about it. It was equally as exciting as my trip to Delaware. <laughs> Delaware's a, a real place? <laughs> but have you ever went to Washington to cross the Delaware? Okay, someone start reading. Let's move on. <laughs> me? You. We're at me. Okay. It's you o'clock. It's me 30. Um, being adventurous college kids, the group didn't bring a map. That's how we ended up in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> there were no time constraints, so they just kind of drove in the general direction that they wanted to go and eventually found a town to stay in or some place that looked interesting. He told us that after spending a week in Colorado, he and his friends had to travel through miles and miles of corn, plains, and 
More corn. That sounds like Kansas. Um, sounds like Ohio. He, he assumed that they were either in Nebraska or Kansas um, when they decided to pool their extra cash and stay in a hotel for a night. They settled into a motel, and I'm sorry, is this the story he doesn't remember a lot of specifics from? <laughs> Maybe the specifics of the way Mr. I think he meant the specifics of the way Mr. Mays told the story. I don't know. Okay. Okay. They settled into a motel in some town that Mr. Mays could barely remember the name of when one of his friends realized that they were somewhere near his grandfather's farm. Nilbog. That was the name of the place. Nilbog. He wasn't entirely sure where it was, but being adventurous college kids, they decided to get a quick refund from the motel and try to contact the friend's grandpa. They weren't able to get a hold of the grandpa on the phone, so the group figured it would be fun to just show up. Mr. May's friend's friend was adamant that his grandparents would take them in and feed them without a moment of hesitation. So the group set out in an hour, with an hour of sunlight, seeking the salvation of a comfortable house to stay in. Uh, they still haven't gotten the hotel room refunded, though, have they? No, I think they just went ahead and got it refunded and said that that's why you were saying he was adamant they would have a place to oh, stay. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it's, nor- it's normally not me pointing out things that other people miss. Normally, it's it's me having things pointed out for me that I miss. Fair, um, fair. Uh, in Kansas or Nebraska, wherever it may have been, there weren't a whole lot of natural markers that could guide lost travelers. Any directions given to someone who didn't live around the area basically amounted to go up a couple of miles of the corn, take a right and go down the dirt to the other corn, and there you see some weed on your right. Um, so, as is the case in most scary stories, the group got lost, never wanting to admit defeat because they're men. Um <laughs> They drove into the, those stupid, stupid men, uh, drove into the night, making wrong turns every five minutes until they found themselves in a wooded road that Mr. May's friend, uh, friend was certain that his grandparents lived off of. Mr. Mays described the road as basically a dark path to hell. <laughs> that escalated quickly. Basically a dark path to hell. (laughs) I wasn't entirely sure how true this was, because he got very excited and a bit ridiculous with the explanations of the trees that almost tried to grab the car, and the red eyes of countless animals looking at them from the darkness, and the stains that would never come out. (laughs) Regardless, (laughs) the typical horror tropes worked on most of the class. Everyone was terrified. So the group of guys drove on the Stark Road for about 15 minutes before they came to a clearing and a small building with lights in it and what seemed to be a silo. They figured that, at the very least, the people who lived here would be able to help them find where this guy's grandparents lived. The whole idea of everyone knows everyone in the hick parts of the country fueled this hope. They pulled the car up near the building, realizing when they were out of the car that it appeared to be like the kind of places where one would store a whole bunch of chickens, not a home. Still, the lights were on, so they figured they would give it a try. But when they knocked on the door, they just heard, Ain't nobody here but us chickens. Ain't nobody here at all. Have none of them heard the term chicken coop? A facility. It was one of those facilities that hold chickens. 
Are they talking about the silo or are they talking about the farmhouse? That's what I thought we confused about. No, I think they were talking about an actual home that just chickens lived in. Yeah, it's a. That is, oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then they answered the door, and then Farmer Chicken answered the door. <laughs> knock! Sorry, we have to knock on the door on this small chicken house. <laughs> Excuse me, kind chicken. I, I, I can't do a southern chicken, but I can uh, do a southern cow. You want to hear my impression of a southern cow? Sure. Moo! <laughs> Delightful. Uh, anyway, uh, they approach the building as a group, looking in the semi-open sliding door to find a big empty room. Hanging fluorescent lights lit the room like it was daytime, but they couldn't see a soul. There were no cars. One of Mr. Mays's friends was convinced he'd seen someone as they pulled up, so they decided to go inside and see if there was an office or something someone might still be working uh, why else would they have this huge place lit up like that? Um, so right now, I think we're kind of going down the Barbie.avi school of meandering story where things are just slightly disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw someone, but only one person saw someone. Why are lights on in this house in the middle of nowhere where chickens live? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever they call the house, the facility buildings where they keep chickens. You know, next to the usually next to very large buildings with huge doors where they store things, that mm-hmm. like hay and cattle and horses. Yeah, too bad there's not terms for these things. No, there's not. Yeah. Um. There were no doors. And no windows. Yeah, but there, right. were there were there real fake doors? That was me asking if this is the right paragraph for me to be reading, you assholes. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> you, you, yes, yes, it is correct. I just there were no doors on the inside of the building. Again, it was just a giant empty hall. So the group roamed around the property and over towards the silo. As they got closer, they noticed what appeared to be a cellar door. At this point. I remember Mr. Mays telling the entire class to learn from his idiocy. Uh, he told us that he hadn't seen many horror movies before that time and didn't think twice about approaching a creepy cellar door in the middle of a dark, scary foreign place. He, apparently, he hadn't seen much common sense either. <laughs> he said that approaching that door was one of his biggest regrets. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, there was something I spotted that I wanted to mention, but I can't find it. Oh, was it the phrase cellar door? That's what it was, because, you know, the phrase cellar door is supposedly one of the most beautiful phrases in the English language. Don't I, I, quote I don't, me on I that. I don't necessarily agree. I just wonder about that. I think the the most beautiful phrase in the English language is boner blaster. <laughs> Because those two words go beautifully together. That they do. Mr. Mays let the whole class know that he was going to tell us as much as he deemed appropriate about the experience. He was front-loading like a motherfucker. 
He felt that we were mature enough to handle it, but advised anyone that was squeamish to leave class early. Several students quietly gathered their things and walked out the door, a couple of them being stoners who saw this as an opportunity to smoke behind the school before their next class. I didn't even give the announcement a second thought. Like I said, I was and am a sucker for this kind of stuff. And Mr. Mays was telling a story better than anything I had ever conjured up. I wanted to learn from this guy, even though I didn't believe much of the story, because I wanted to write creepypastas someday. That's pretty much what it says. Yeah, don't, don't correct yourself, but that's pretty much what it just said. Yeah. Um, I like the idea that the, like, for whatever reason, when they say smokers, uh, smoking behind the school, um, my mind goes to cigarettes. So even though they said stoners, I'm just like, they're behind the school smoking cigarettes. Like, yeah, we're smoking cigarettes. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. After the class had thinned a bit, Mr. Mays continued with the story. Uh, he told the remaining few that he saw that he and his friends opened the cellar door, releasing a smell that only that he only described as the most putrid thing my senses have ever experienced. The most putrid the, thing my senses have ever experienced. That's when I got my inspiration to create OxyClean. <laughs> um, sorry, you softballed that joke to me. That was your joke. You're, that's fair. Um. The group was no longer concerned with finding the owner of the property, but just getting out these stains, um, but was now set on finding the source of the smell. <laughs> they went down the steps into the cellar, which was lit by a uh, by single bulbs spaced sporadically along the ceiling of a long hallway. No one spoke. Things got too strange. The walls were lined with nettle sheeting, similar to the roofing on farms. The hallway itself was crooked, with the ceiling constantly lowering, uh, lowered in rows, like a tunnel that has ghastly, ha uh, hastily dug and then never touched up. That was hastily dug. Never yes. up. There, then, uh, there were sections where the boys had to almost crouch in order to pass. Uh, so... Uh, from what I understand right now, they're in the uh, basement of the Baker House. Yeah, seems yeah, like I was it. pretty much thinking that. Okay. <laughs> but this is this is welcome to the family, son. <laughs> uh, that's that's what the health potions are in Resident Evil Seven. They're just oxyclean. <laughs> Um, Ethan doesn't know it, but throughout the entire game, he's being followed by the ghost of Billy Mays, who's leaving little gifts for him. Yes. Um, but I do like the imagery being invoked here. Um, this is very much so within the genre. Uh, this is what I want out of it. Um, again, I, I, I feel like I'm stressing this point, but I feel like the beginning was pretty unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I, I concur. It should be like, hey, I like telling scary stories, and I'm going to tell you a scary story that my teacher once told me. Yes. Yep. Yep. Anyway. The worst part, Mr. Mays told us, was that the light bulbs continuously flickered, sometimes acting like a strobe light and making it very difficult to move through the winding and unstable hallways, but very easy to rave. In hindsight, he was certain that his mind was playing tricks on him, but he remembered seeing flashes of things that couldn't be there. He said that when you're that focused on some time... Hmm? Uh, 
she said that when you are that focused on some time, or if you are that nervous, your mind can do that to you. It can simply revolt, showing you things or people that aren't there. He continued to describe the hallway, and I was on the edge of my seat. The halls were windy and seemed to go on forever. Mr. Mays guessed that they were somewhere underneath, under the creepy forest they had driven through when they found a door, but he couldn't be sure. So, I like that this is a story that benefits from having two authors, the person who originally told the story and the person telling it to us now, mm-hmm. because it's it's exaggerated, but we don't know how much is exaggerated, and, you know? And we may never know. And we may never know. Uh, but I, you know, clumsy phrasing aside, uh, clumsy wordsmithing aside, the term, like, your mind can do that, it can simply result uh, showing you things and people or people that aren't there. Mm. That's really cool phrasing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he said that they came upon a door after walking for what felt like a mile. It was simple and wooden, but it looked like it belonged outside of a suburban home. It had a nice design, seemed to be freshly painted red, and had a very nice knob and a knocker on it. It was a door that belongs at the entrance to a nice house, not one that would be sitting in a dirt tunnel in the middle of nowhere. His friend walked towards the door, moving carefully because of the flashing light bulb and increasingly uncertain uncertainty about the stability of the surrounding walls. He turned to the group, the rest of which were nervous at the very least, and attempted to lighten the mood with a laugh before he said, I should probably knock first. Uh, David, what's that thing of, like, in a dark, dark place, there was a dark, dark whatever? Oh, in a dark, dark wood? Yeah, like, that that whole thing? Mm-hmm. That's kind of happening here, and then you get to, like, the nice doorknob, and that's cool. So it's like, there's a dark, dark state with a dark, dark uh, forest, and a dark, dark cornfield, and then a really creepy house, and then these weird things inside the cellar and the nice doorknob. There was a dark, dark facility where they keep chickens. <laughs> and the one, there was a dark, dark shirt with a dark, dark stain. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. I think, I think, um, actually, I, you know, this is one of those cases where the story benefits from slowly easing us closer and closer to something, you know? Oh yeah. It's doing suspense very well. Oh Yeah. Out of place door is a nice touch, actually, in this case, because we've been built. Because again, the strength of the story. Uh, horror writers take note. The strength of the story so far is the way that we have been eased into it because of the little details. This is something we have talked about again and again and again, but it bears repeating. And then Here, a skeleton pops out. <laughs> if a skeleton pops out, you know what? At least there was a buildup. <laughs> and again, I, I I don't want to talk about. Um, me too much, but I think this is one of my biggest weaknesses as a writer, is I suck at doing this kind of suspense. I think I really fail in that regard, and that's something that I do admire the story for, is being able to establish that slow build-in. It's something to be admired, that's for sure. I believe it's your turn, Mr. Pallet. Oh, is it? Yes. Wait, so... I read the last entire, one. The entire group? Mr. May's uh, friend. Uh, Mr. May's friend grabbed the steel knockers and uh, gave himself some pie with them and <laughs> hit it against the door several times. 
ma- uh, mockingly but quietly uttering, Is anyone home? The group waited for about 30 seconds before the tension broke. The guy next to the door shrugged his shoulders and went to walk back to his friends. But as he did, the light bulb between them surged and exploded. The boys shielded their eyes and looked back to their lone friend by the door. He lowered his hands. One of the metal sheets of the makeshift roof dropped. As he lowered his hand, one of the metal sheets of the makeshift roof dropped. The edge of the sheet fell directly on the boy's forehead, slicing it open and sending a wave of blood down his face. The impact apparently knocked him out as he fell back against the door, knocking it open in the process. Ooh. Damn. Sudden fatal head injury? Guess it remains to be seen, huh? I like, uh, I, I imagine that they're, like, going to this door. That way they can sell them OxyClean. <laughs> Just like the story to be. And that's how one of my friends died. See you next time, class. <laughs> now, I gotta tell you, his shirt was you... pretty stained with blood. But because of OxyClean detergent, he can wear that shirt today without a trace of it. That's why he's getting in trouble. You can wear that shirt at his funeral. <laughs> he is very dead. <laughs> uh, um, th- that's yeah. that's how I would end the story. It's just like, oh, he got knocked unconscious. We never went inside the door, though. You're too creeped out. We took our friend and just left. Our friend could have been dead. <laughs> yeah. So fuck that door. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. The entirety of the group rushed through the dim light to their friend, barely noticing the seemingly pitch-black room that now lay before them. Mr. Mays was the first to make it to his friend's side. He lifted the guy's head into his arms, immediately taking off his jacket and putting it over his forehead to attempt to stop the bleeding. One of his other friends told him, isn't that jacket going to be dirty? But he was like, it's okay, I'm pretty sure I can take care of it. But we need to get some bleach on that right now. No fears, friends. Old stains, new stains. Doesn't what's, matter. What's the group that <laughs> Mr. Mays noticed that the arm that had been bracing his friend's head was soaking wet. God, it's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say so easy even your kids can do laundry? I would say that easy. He was confused about this and was attempting to sort it out when one of his friends started talking. He said something along the lines of, the lights, we have to go, when Mr. Mays took notice. You know when you turn off a light? Oh, wait, hold on, it's quotations. You know when you turn off a light, he told the class, and everything is almost pitch black, except the light of the bulb dying out or cooling down. It was like that, but there were so many of them. At least 20 light bulbs had lit the room seconds ago, and now only looked like little stars in the darkness. That was definitely terrifying, but that wasn't the scariest thing. I love how that was a whole paragraph of that. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. Uh, Very beautiful phrasing, though. No, yeah, definitely. Uh, There was... Still a very dim light coming from the hallway behind them, and though it's it was weak, 
It lit up the room just enough to see the shape of tens of people standing less than ten feet away from them. Mr. Mays's friend went to say something else as one of the bobs had uh, had their to their right flickered back to uh, flickered to life. Boy. Okay. Let me interrupt at this point to say that Mr. Mays was a generally playful guy. He had that tone of voice that makes you want to respond. (laughs) Basically, he could say, let's go buy some OxyClean, guys. (laughs) And you would want to respond with, all right, Mr. Mays, show us the way. (laughs) You'd have to call the the toll-free number, though. Uh, He would say things like, can we clean it? And the whole class would say, yes, we can. Billy the salesman. That is a ridiculous statement, but it gets the point across. He was a charismatic guy. Mm -hmm. The whole story up to this point had been told like a campfire story. He had the voice inflections of someone attempting to be mysterious and scary, which worked but was noticeable. At this point in his tale... I recall that changing completely. He was no longer attempting to spook anyone. I could tell that this section was difficult for him. Either he was a very good actor, or it was really a terrifying memory for him to relive. Oh, I really like this paragraph, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in contrast to the paragraph before it, because it's saying, it's, it's building up, and it's like, there were tens of people standing in that room and right as the story gets interesting, it's undercut back to present day telling us about Mr. Mays. That's good. Yeah. And then he's saying, no, this is where the story gets legit because he stops hamming it up here. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult for him. That is, it's, it's kind of using the fakeness of the story up to this point to ground the realness. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, this is me, right? Yep. Okay. He told us that the light bulb came to life and illuminated the group of people in front of him. In the dim light, he could see children, at least 20 of them just in just the visible light. They were all dressed in nightgowns that looked to be tattered and torn, stained dark with something. Nothing OxyClean can't fix. (laughs) (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) Okay, the story's gonna... Okay, hold on. Let me finish this paragraph before I say. Their hair was long. Every single one of them looked like they had not had a haircut since birth. Some of the children were almost completely obscured by the length of it. Every single one of them didn't appear to have have seen a shower or a nice bath in their entire ba- in their entire life. So Their entire bath. Their entire, an entire bath in their nice life. Um, okay, maybe this is just a cynic in me, but... I, the story is gonna have to do a lot to work with these creepy kids. Okay, I'm just yeah. putting it out there. Creepy kids don't work for me personally. Like I, I, what they're describing is basically every single one of them was Samara. It, it, in a sense, but I don't think that they've said that it's supernatural at this point. No, so they didn't say that. Could, but yeah, he, he, here's the theory that is working in my mind at this point is the idea that 
there's some redneck who is in, imprisoning people, impregnating them, and then having kids that are just locked away. That sounds like the plot to Baraska. Oh I've shit, you know what? That. I'm going to put this out there right now so so my fans, people, or not my fans, I'm going to put this out there right now so our listeners <laughs> will take this into account. Uh, sometime we're going to read Baraska. I think it's important that we read Baraska. Okay. Well, uh-huh. only if it's approved by your fans. I don't have fans. People come here for you guys. People come it's here true. for you too. I'm just We the... might as we might as well call this the DP and Allen show. Hey, you guys already did an episode without me and that one went over really well. I'm just bogging the show down at this point. <laughs> we didn't do it so it could go over really well. We did it to hurt your feelings. And you did. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Uh, most Maze, Mr. Maze told us that the most terrifying part was the whole thing was that uh, that none of the children were moving. They were all standing, staring, most of them only visible from the faint light reflecting off their eyes. The whole group was paralyzed with fear for several seconds when they heard the sound of an animal in the distance yelping. It was way, it, the way he described it was like the sound of a dying dog multiplied by ten. This spurred the group to life just as the uh, children began to step forward. His friends grabbed one injured arm and lifted him out of the room and into the hallway in an instant. Mr. Mays took another second to move and had difficulty finding his bearings. His reach, he reached to his uh, left in an attempt to find a wall to lean against and ended up finding a handle, then pulled it, uh, pulled hard, never losing vision on the children. He bolted for the door right as he noticed what he had grabbed onto. A shower head protruded from a cement wall, reaching maybe a foot into the room. There was something leaking from it, but it was too dim to tell what it was. He realized that it had been leaking onto him, but he didn't care. There were now children stammering towards him as an animal cried in the distance, and his friend was seriously injured. As he left the room, he made a point to emphasize that he could make out several more showerheads on the wall near the single dim light bulb. That's so I like the uncanny in that is really interesting. Yeah. Now, just for the sake of understanding where people are, are the children on the other side of the door, or were they in the hall? Oh, no, they're escaping down the hall, so they were on the other side of the door, right? Yes. Okay, just making sure. So so, so were the uh, the showerheads, right? The, sh- the showerheads were uh, not noticed before. Oh, okay. I, I think is what they're getting at. I guess. I'm just getting... I want to so, get the logistics down, so... Yeah, there there is some fuzziness on the logistics here, um, but he he so we're at the threshold of the door. Our friend gets knocked out. He's got blood on him. Um, Billy Mays is helping him up, and he feels that his uh, hand his arm is wet, and he's like, "Oh, that must be blood." And then he realizes it's water dripping from the shower. Mm-hmm. So the shower head 
has to, by necessity, be at the threshold of the door, right? I assume that. So either inside the threshold or outside the threshold. Being charitable to the story, it's inside the threshold. Okay. I think is what they're trying to say. Fair enough. It's not stated clearly, which is odd because a lot of this is stated pretty clearly, but I think that's what they're getting at. Okay. This is why I call them the showers, Mr. Mays told the class. I was transfixed, sitting as far forward as my desk would allow, bracing for more. You're welcome, America. That was my paragraph. I slammed the red door behind me. I don't know why my Billy Mays is Southern, but he is. Because <laughs> it's like the one accent you can do. <laughs> it, it straight up really is. Um, he said... And then I ran through the hallway faster than I ever have uh, than I have ever run before or since. <laughs> Why is he southern? <laughs> Tarnation. Just do, do Anson my eyes Johnson for this part. Uh, I made it back to the car and we drove out of there like a bat out of hell. A couple of students snickered at, at his use of the word hell. Come on, freshman. <laughs> Jesus. Hmm. So, when you're out there trick-or-treating tonight, make sure you know exactly where you're heading and don't go to any abandoned farmhouses. I mean, there aren't many around here, but you kids are smart, except for Jerry. He's a fucking idiot. Uh, the cla- the class <laughs> Everyone laughed. beat up Jerry. <laughs> the class laughed and the mood lightened as the bell rang for passing period. Okay, then. That's a It was just ending. a passing period. I like that. Um, so Fresh just ran yeah, he, yeah, right. Goddamn. <laughs> so I do like that the story gets serious, he gets upset, and then he tones it down with like a stupid joke that doesn't really make any sense. So he's like, hey, so don't go where you're not supposed to, I guess, is the moral of the story, and to any abandoned farmhouses, even though that doesn't make any sense. So it's clearly him trying to but defuse the am I right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Mays turned the light on and thanked everyone for listening reminded them about the paper due next week and told us to have a safe and happy Halloween (laughs) students all around me were abuzz with theories about the story they had just heard I bet he just told that story to sell us detergent products and Mighty Buddy. <laughs> I bet uh, it was some sort of crazy Nazi hideout, said one girl. I think they were all ghost babies that were killed by a dog, said another Clearly, slightly more retarded person. <laughs> Clearly both of these people are not people who should be writing creepypasta. Clearly he wanted us to buy the Turbo Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't theorize in the slightest. I was still caught up in the moment. The way that Mr. Mays had told that story and the detail that he included in it left me feeling like we didn't get the whole story. He stopped just shy of selling us the awesome auger, so... Yeah. (laughs) A couple days later, I stayed after class and asked him about how it really ended and what happened to his friend. He left and said his friend was fine and that it was honestly, he was for this part... He whispered this part, 
Probably due to some of the drugs they were on at the time. Mr. Waste winked at me as if to say, Don't tell anyone about the drug, kid. And I smiled and laughed. But then he was like, No, seriously, do you know anyone that sells drugs? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I lived in that town for another couple months and then was rapidly moved halfway across the country to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin? Milwaukee, Wilmaukee, Wisconsin? (laughs) Precisely. Precisely. Milwaukee, Will Wheaton, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Huh. You need the whereabouts of the Warren Kelly. Do you mean the the whereabouts of the villain Killface? Yeah, why do I keep doing that? You think I got a tumor or something? <laughs> I twisted the story around and told it around campfires as I got older. And it was always a hit. But I always changing changed the ending. Letting the friend die of blood loss or being dragged away by the children. It wasn't until college that I got a chance to talk to Mr. Mays again. Uh, I went to college in northern New York, not for any reason associated with the story. Well, obviously. Um, College was a fun time for me. I continued being the same ham that I had always been. It wasn't until sometime around my junior year that I ran into Mr. Mays at a bar that I frequented. Initially, I couldn't be sure that the person I saw laying with his head buried in his arm at the bar was Mr. Mays. The only trait that grabbed my attention was a sweater that he used to wear on his birthday during class. The shirt simply read, I'm the birthday boy. Oh, Mr. Mays. is the saddest thing I've ever read. Wow. (laughs) I told my group of friends to grab a table and that I would join them in a second. Then walked over to the bar, to the man at the bar. Mr. Mays, I said, and the man looked up. The man took a second. Uh, The man took a second to... That's the wrong two, right? That's the wrong two, but okay. Look at my face before he smiled put a hand on my shoulder and said, Hey there, son. Why the fuck is he Southern? (laughs) Hey there, son. How have you been? I could smell some strong whiskey on his breath, and his cheeks were flushed. The eye, the the look in his eyes told me that he was three sheets to the wind and probably had no idea who I was. Mr. Mays, it's Jack. I was a student of yours for a couple semesters about six or so years ago. His face changed to a bit, and a genuine look of recognition set in. He took a car. I'm Jack. I'm Jack. I hit the road. <laughs> I many times. He took a calmer tone, smiled, and said, "I thought I told you, don't you come back no more." <laughs> he took a calmer tone, smiled, and said, "How have you been, Jack?" We talked for a solid 20 minutes. I told him what I had been doing for the last uh, several years, and he told me. Apparently, he was still teaching at the same school, uh, same school doing the same old shtick, as he called it. Uh, I asked if everything was all right, and he said that they were some, they were as good as they ever have been or were going to get. 
That was a hard paragraph for me for some reason. It took me a while to realize that I was an adult that was having a conversation with another adult. And for once, I don't realize very simple. I don't realize very simple things on occasion. I also didn't realize that at this moment he wasn't he wasn't trying to sell me something. That was different. I swear the you know during grad high school graduation he came up and you know did during the you know whole thing and as we walked up instead of handing everybody diplomas he uh, we did that for some reason at my school he started handing everybody these shammies and saying sham wow it's the best kind of thing you'll ever get from this school compliments um, of me Billy Mays I don't know I I think I've had feelings like that where it's like you talk to someone from your past who was a, an important adult in your past and you're like, oh yeah, I guess I'm an adult now and you're talking to me like I'm an adult. Yeah. I think that's what he's talking about. It does yeah. happen. I mean, every time I had spoken to Mr. Mays previously, I had been in the student-teacher relationship. But now I was just a guy having a drink with a friend at the bar. That's kind of, I like that. That's profound. That's like a like, neat little moment that like, it, it, like, yeah. it, I, I guess, yeah, it, it sums it up nicely. He wasn't trying to sell me impact gel. Nope. <laughs> he, did oh. brief, he did briefly <laughs> mention the quick chop, though. <laughs> hey, uh, hey, hey, uh, dead mm. palate, remember? It has the strength and the strussle. The <laughs> strength and the strussle, yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> right. Is it my turn? Uh, maybe. Yeah, uh, it, it is your my, turn. My friend eventually left, and I continued to drink with Mr. H- Mays. Mr. Hayes. Mr. Mays. He told Mr. me. Mr. Isaac Hayes. Yes. He told me all about his divorce and his kids, things that I would never have asked or cared about previously. But now I cared. He was a real person to me, not just an idol anymore. This was a guy who uh, had real problems not an infallible teacher that i once the not the infallible teacher i once thought he was at first i thought that said not the inflatable teacher i once thought he was (laughs) budget cuts man (laughs) it's education system man oh especially recently (laughs) then the light then the fire from the jack-o'-lantern uh touched Mr. Mays and he uh, erupted in fire. <laughs> he must have been fueled with helium. <laughs> to be honest, it was the best day of school I've ever had. <laughs> it had been several hours before I even brought up his story about the showers. I told him all about my history with urban legends and scary stories, and he just laughed. When I mentioned the story that he had told us years ago, he almost seemed uncomfortable. He finished his whiskey, signaled for another, and then turned to me and got very serious. Listen, listen, Jack. I don't know why I kept telling that story year after year. His words were slurred, or my hearing was messed up. We were both significantly, sufficiently blitzed at this point. That was what my therapist told me to do when I was younger. I had to tell people it, to come to grips with it, or some shit. He took a big swig of his drink. 
I was either he was slurring his words or I was hearing him uh, not as well as I could, which meant that I needed the Jupiter Jack hands free (laughs) cell phone device. Uh, We are not going to let this joke go ever. No, I've got another I've got a tab open with everything he ever endorsed. (laughs) Don't ruin the movie magic. Um, <laughs> wait, your therapist? I'm, I'm pulling said? from memory. Sorry, what? Wait, your therapist? I said. Mr. Mays laughed heartily and looked at me. Of course, Jack. You think something like that wouldn't fuck a person up? I was confused, but smiled no- nonetheless. Things had just gotten very strange. <laughs> oh Christ! Okay, things had just gotten very strange. But, I mean, you said you were all on drugs or something, right? No one uh, was too terribly hurt. You were all okay, right? He got almost cartoonish with his sadness in the next several seconds. Of course we didn't, Jack. Why do you think I'm here right now? I was puzzled, quickly filled with a thousand questions that I wanted to ask him, but I let him carry on. Tim fucking... I mean, he he didn't make it, Jack. He laughed. His laugh turned uh, suddenly to tears. Fucking took him, they did. I don't even know. Cops told us they were just drunk. That he wandered off and got taken by the by wildlife. A dingo ate my baby. He didn't know. He didn't see it, Jack. The children took my baby! I was absolutely stone-faced at this point. Mr. Mays was carrying along like I knew the actual story, but I didn't. His friend disappeared. I didn't know. I wish they'd have found the body, though. Then we could have shown them, he sighed. That's a bad place, Jack. I don't know anything else to say. It's a bad place. Don't go there. End of commercial. I wish we could have found the body, because I'm sure we could have fixed it with Mighty Mendit. Okay. So I I like the idea of he's not telling the story right because he's drunk and he's emotional. Mm -hmm. And as we know, when you're drunk... All of the emotions come out. Yeah, you bastards. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Um. It, it's, it's, it's Brandon's turn. He carried on for a couple of minutes more about his friend and the fun that they had before they went on that trip. And I let them, I let him talk. It was only a few minutes later that his phone rang. And now you're Southern in general. Uh-huh. Hello, sweetheart. Billy Mays here. <laughs> <laughs> he whispered into the phone. <laughs> honey, honey, you don't have to tell me every time that you're Billy Mays. I married you, I know. <laughs> I'll be out in a second. I'll... Ooh. <clears throat> I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> the person on the other end hung up the phone, and Mr. Mays got up to leave. I decided to fin- I decided there to phonetically 
Uh, gag. He gagged, it says. Yes. It's been nice seeing you, Jackie. You've got a good head on your shoulders, boy. Make sure you use it. Get on the ball. He began to walk out of the bar. You've got a good head on your shoulders, Jack. Don't don't misuse your abilities like the sham wild guy did when he beat up that hooker. Uh, Mr. Mays, I yelled after him. Uh, yeah, Jack. He turned back towards me. Where do you see all that shower business took place? Uh, where? Hell, I didn't mention it. <laughs> God damn it. I can't get over the fact that I can't do any other accent besides this. Um, it's somewhere outside of Broken Bow, Nebraska. Fucking hell on earth, if you ask me. Mr. Mays walked out of the bar after waving to me, running into the wall before eventually finding the door. Before he left, he turned back to me and gave me a thumbs up and smiled with his perfectly groomed beard. (laughs) That was the last time I would see him. I'd never be able to tell him the impact that he had on my life, or rather the impact that his story had on me. He'd never know about the trip we took after graduation, almost mimicking the one he and his friends had made. He would never know that the things he saw at that place were real. Why? Well, he died about a month later. His liver failed on him. It's alright, though, because his family was with him in the hospital room. He got to die around people that cared about him, and that is all I can ask for a man like that. He would never know the things that that he saw in that place were real. Why? Well, he died about a month later, while on a plane. That's how uh, he's really died, by the way. Yeah, I know. If, you, if y'all didn't get the joke. Aww. Now I'm just sad for Billy Mays. Like, for real. Why? He's dead. Well, I'm sad that he's dead. He can't sell us more shit. Yeah. No, he's selling us stuff from beyond the grave. <laughs> He's selling me on this story. I experienced that place, too, several years later. This is where my story turns. The following is the story of how I came to find the showers and why I will never, ever go anywhere near Nebraska ever again. I'll finish the story when I'm sober. The, The memory is clear enough. End of part one. Woo! Oh, so man. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to quick chop to the next part. That is a yeah, that's true. That is a uh, that is a cliffhanger ending, and uh, and I'm I'm happy to say, gentlemen, that I'm actually sold enough that I do want to know what happens next. I want to know what happens when our protagonist goes to the showers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, part two next week then. Yeah, we're it's sad that we have to like wait until Tuesday to hear the next conclusion of this. Well, I don't know about that. So, we're, we're just going to not keep reading then? <laughs> yeah, fuck the story. I thought you said you were interested in it. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in it. And actually, I'm... I'm I, I, I think it's time I... I, uh, I, I think we have to make an exception for this one. So, uh, stay tuned, boys and girls. This Friday, we're going to delve into the showers, part two. What? 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 What?
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.